This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 598 with Bob and Ryan from thinkcomputers.org, recorded on January 25th, 2024. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation. A lot of conversation tonight. All for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in a chilly but warmer. Ryan, you're in the Midwest here with yep. me. Yep. When, wh- at what point does 30 get balmy? Like, you know, I know, have- right? Well, and even this weekend, we're, we're thinking about going out of town for a little bit on Sunday and it was supposed to be around 50 where we're going. And then I looked later in the week and I saw 60 on our temperatures coming up. I was like, what is happening? Because two weeks ago it was in the negatives, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Negative 18. We had on a Sunday and a negative 10 the next week, all of a sudden 30 and Bob's in a hat. It's probably (laughs) 55 degrees there. Bob, What's going on? I'm, I'm Californianized now. So I'm it's cold. I'm like that. So when I first moved here, when I was, when I flew out here to look at, uh, apartments, uh, it was, it was in the middle of COVID. So you had to eat outside at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming from Pittsburgh and it's, I think it was February at the time. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is warm weather, you know, and there's people yeah. in like North yeah. face jackets and, yeah. and you know what I'm wearing now. And they're, and I was like, these people are crazy. But then you know, three years later, here I am. Yep. A, yep. You've <laughs> succumbed. Yeah. You have acclimated you've succumbed yeah. to the California. Well, we won't hold it against you because we got a lot to talk about with Vegas. And that's a whole nother that's oh, yeah. a whole nother world. Oh, yeah. So we'll post a show with some real class show notes tonight as we talk about things. I'll be going out and grabbing those links from uh, Think Computers. So you want to check out the show notes for those. Big thanks to uh, Christian Johnson who joined me last week. Uh, some good conversation about Bitwarden and LastPass and AI and some of those kinds of things. If you haven't caught up on that, check that out. Uh, it's He is 597, and uh, you can check that out still out there for you. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers who each and every month uh, support the show and what we do. Appreciate you guys doing that. You can get for a month or as long as you want. Check it out today, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. All right, I mentioned it earlier. Bob and Ryan are here with me. Thinkcomputers.org is their website. Lots of great reviews. You guys do a, a bang up job of making sure we're well. And 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 I think for my audience, the one of the best. Aaron does a nice job too. But you guys get into the nitty gritty, especially in the PC realm, uh, even down to chairs. I think you've done tables. You're you're the foremost expert in keyboards for sure. Cases are a big deal. That's stuff we all used to talk about a lot. Most of the tech, I think most of the tech, tech space has fallen off, but you guys keep doing it. So, uh, Bob, Ryan, great job, but thanks for coming on tonight. Welcome. Of course. Thanks, for having, thanks us. for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good to have you. You're fresh off of a CES run, uh, CES 2024. You know, we had mentioned, you mentioned in pre-show that we may be on the back end of the cycle of CES where used to be kind of an exclusive, exclusive, not in a bad way, just not a few bloggers going and then it got super popular for bloggers and podcasters and such. Did Bob, did you get a feel as you, as you thought about it, are there as many of those going as there been in the past? I mean, I think think there's a lot, 
I think there's a lot of people still going. It is a great place to go if you want to see new tech. And on top of that, it's a great place to network. But I think uh, what we were talking about is like in terms of coverage, like a lot of people are doing the really short form TikTok type coverage, whereas like we're still doing like long form videos for the things that we're covering and articles and things like that. And I don't think a lot of people are are really doing that as much anymore because as soon as you see it on TikTok, it's it's old news, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that type of content doesn't take as long to make. Um, but we always like, you know, I, I, for like a lot of products, you really can't do a one minute video on a product. You know, you really want to get all the details. And that's like our big thing is getting all the details out to everybody as far, especially if it's a new product, like when's it coming out, how much is it going to cost here, all the features, stuff like that. So Ryan, your thoughts as you just overall, I agree. Yeah, I, I end up with mini carpal tunnel from all the writing notes I do at every meeting every year. But uh, no, I, you know, I, I appreciate it when I am looking for information. Maybe, uh, you know, there's a show that happens in Asia every year, Computex, right? And I always appreciate looking at the content that is more robust and has more pictures or video and text to go along with the news, right? Because maybe I want to see a different angle of a case or a product, or I want to know what the price is so I can plan for my future build. I feel like we're one of the, you know, few sites that is still doing a lot of in-depth coverage um, at CES. So, um, and I don't think we're going to change that anytime soon, right? We'll keep doing what we've been doing, but we've also expanded to that short form content as well. Yeah. So we, we put out, pretty much every meeting that we had. So the way CS works, if, if your audience doesn't know, is we meet with all of the companies uh, that we work with and some that we are trying to work with. And they're, they're going to show us their, what, what they're showing at CS, whether it's something that's currently out or something that may come out later in the year. And then we get all the information and we typically make a video or write an article for each one of those meetings going over all the products for, you know, for everybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of work. And uh, Ryan and I are typically tired at the end of the night. And then we got to wake up early and do it all the next day because there's, you know, there's a ton of companies and there's only me and Ryan. So, you know, he's usually a cameraman for me. So we have to just go one meeting at a time throughout the entire day. And then there's typically like a, a an event that we have to go to at night or we're having dinner with a company or whatever it may be. So it's just over and over. <laughs> again for basically how many days days now uh the official show is four days four days we were there for what six days sunday through saturday yeah Yeah. um because there's there's events that happen before the official show starts and a lot of companies also do come in early because they know everybody like they know a lot of the press are going to be there early so they'll actually let us see the products before the show even starts as well too. So, okay. I'm a monitor guys. Let's start there. Uh, as, as we think about, um, I'm sure monitors were on display you guys. And again, I'll post this link in the show notes, but you guys looked at the gigabyte, uh, gaming monitor first display port 2.1. It's a UH BR 20. Is that the right? Is that the model number? Did I get that right? That's the, the tech oh, the, that yeah right yeah. yeah um 
talk a little bit about was it is are there monitors I, am i missing the boat or there's monitors everywhere and is was there interesting things to see in the monitor space yeah so i think the big thing this year we saw not only with gigabyte especially with samsung and lg because samsung and lg are making all the panels that gigabytes using okay. um is oled so for gaming monitors oled is going to be the kind of what's going forward. That's, I mean, if you, I'm sure you've seen the difference between a normal monitor and an OLED monitor, it just looks like night and day, uh, especially when it comes to like the blackest blacks and yeah. the vibrant yeah. colors. So every company that makes monitors had OLED gaming monitors this year and they looked amazing. I think my favorites were probably Samsung. And again, Samsung's making all the panels for all, almost all the other companies that we saw as well. So, uh, but the the best part about the OLED gaming monitors is that, especially compared to last year and the year before, is that the prices have gone down significantly. So you can get a large format, you know, forty nine inch OLED gaming monitor that's one hundred and forty four hertz. Some are two hundred and forty four hertz for like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, uh, which is very affordable for for all those type, you know, all those specs. And, and again, like they're, I mean, they are so thin too. It's, it's crazy to see how thin they are. Um, but yeah, I think that was the, like all the companies that have monitors, there was just all OLEDs and everybody was showing off their latest OLED display and they were all competing with price and features and, and things like that. But it's going to be a year for, for monitors. Yeah. Those are the Samsung ones um, that looked amazing. And they're, they are so thin too. It's it's crazy. I think I caught you guys live. Did you do live? Were you doing live stuff? No, caught, we didn't. We didn't do a live okay, one. No. Okay. So I must have just been. I must have been on the site, watched the video, caught you on social or whatever. And I think Ryan at one point, you, Bob, you're like, it's thin. Yeah, and yeah. Then you, you're like, oh, you're yeah. going to the side of it, uh, yeah. uh, kind of deal too. Ryan, your your impression as you were, you know, you were on the other end of the camera. Yeah, well, so that's like in most of these shots, that's me sitting there playing, right? I'm always a lot of times the test dummies at meetings and suites, so it's it's always fun to to try a lot of these out. But uh, to add on to Bob's comments, yeah, a lot of OLED uh, screens, they look great. Um, but we had some interesting features with a few of them. One of them is uh, there's kind of this dual mode that the monitor can run in, so it can operate as like a 4K monitor with. Um, a, a one refresh rate and then you can actually drop it down to a lower resolution with a higher refresh rate so if you want a game at a higher refresh rate for a smoother experience you can do that but then you're doing something else that might require a higher resolution you can switch the monitor to that mode and it just switches across to that do, um, do they have a remote for that like the uh, the worst part of monitors is the buttons and you never yeah. know like what you're hitting some of the it, some of the companies it's software based now right you can yeah, interact so all, with it yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah no, um, also, it, most of the, the high-end monitors, it's all going to be software yeah. now. Okay. And then we saw, um, saw a monitor that had a refresh rate of, ASRock had one that was either 500 or 520. 520. Hertz. Yeah, 520 refresh rate, which is just wild. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But the, My, the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize about the high refresh rate monitors, and Ryan and I both proved that this is the truth, is that is that you think something like 120 hertz, 144 hertz, it, it's oh, five, 500 hertz. There's no difference, but you can absolutely 
tell the difference. And, you know, even for people who are on like, say like a generic 60 Hertz monitor, if you go from 60 Hertz to 144 Hertz night and day, like it, you can, it's smoother, crisper. If you're playing games, that's where, that's where it makes the biggest difference. If you are playing games, because you can see things on the screen faster, you react faster. Uh, We did a demo a few years ago where they had us play a game where the same thing would happen and they would gauge our reaction time. And on the higher refresh rate monitor, we had the higher reaction time um, on those. So yeah, a lot of high refresh rate monitors, a lot of OLED monitors um, just, yeah, they, and they just look so like the biggest thing with OLED technology since it's come out was the price. It was always just, for the average person, I think the average person, if they're getting like a large format display, like they want to spend around a thousand, twelve hundred dollars probably for something that's going to last them five, seven years, you know, like a long time. Um, but OLEDs were always like two, three, four, five thousand dollars for something like that. And now the prices are getting lower. And it's just for the average person, it's the dream of OLEDs is uh, becoming a reality, which is awesome. When we're talking price, what like from a retail perspective for the average gaming monitor, what for for that? What are we like an OLED? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it all it all depends on size. Um, so like a normal size, uh, I think Samsung. What was that, Ryan? That was a twenty-seven. They were showing like a twenty-seven inch OLED now. Uh, depending on refresh rate, uh, I mean, it's going to be around four or five hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then again, as you get into larger format, it's going to be more expensive. But currently prices of the panels are going down, too. So a lot of companies we talked with, they were like, oh, you know, we're going to launch this monitor at this price. But in a month, it could be like two hundred dollars cheaper because the prices of the panels are going down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it's it's nice that they have uh, what I was really impressed with was they didn't just have like curved. They had multiple options for curved and flat monitors at different resolutions and refresh rates. So it was like you could get the combination of features you wanted from just about any of these companies. It's not like everybody had one monitor and it was the same one because Samsung or LG came out with one panel and everybody used it. There were, you know, curved monitors of different radiuses and flat and refresh rates. So it was like a wide gamut of, options to choose from so you could find one that fit your exact needs which is really cool yeah it's the golden age monitors i think now is the time like if you've been holding off i say this every time i have you guys on but well, it, they had it, that they had that arc that you've been wanting. they had yeah, the new one yeah yeah yeah, let, <laughs> yeah. Me show, let me show that again that's this yeah. is I, every time it's, or, it's just the thing that the thing that i don't like about it is that they call it the Gen 2 or second generation, but the only difference is they made it so you can do four inputs, not three. That's the only difference. Mm. It's the same one. It's the same panel. Mm-hmm. Um, one but thing, that, go ahead. I was going to say, in that picture, the guy's holding the um, DJI, what is it, the uh, Osmo Pocket? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That is what we use to film all of yeah. these videos. We didn't Hold carry on, around Bob, the big me, cameras. Let's go show that again, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so beneficial and helpful. It like, was um, a lifesaver. Yeah, it turns on. Yep. Kicks. Yeah. So. And we hooked up, uh, you know, a set of wireless microphones to it. Um, and yeah. we were off to the races and it worked amazingly. Yeah, those are handy. I yeah, think no, Ed, was... Ed Sullivan bought one of those. He's a listener to the show. Yeah. And, and they're just amazing. I Everybody mean. had one too because 
the one it's your so the biggest thing you worry about because uh, everybody has nice cameras right like i have this is what i shoot everything in the studio with but when you move it it's all jittery and shaky this by itself is on the gimbal right it's on a gimbal right so you don't have to worry it's you know you don't and but the quality is good enough because all of these cameras your phone things like that like the quality hasn't been good enough but the, this is a one inch sensor which is really good really good in low light and it's it's super fast like i said you just press the screen over and it turns on and boom i'm ready to record right now like it's just mm -hmm. good to go mm -hmm. um that's what made it so great um yeah, it's, uh, say it's, the name of that again, just for folks listening. Uh, the DJI Pocket Three. Pocket Three. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's just it's almost instantaneous. By the time you, you flip it on, that monitor just comes yeah, it just comes on and, on and it's good to go. And yeah. like I said, it supports uh, anything USB Type C as far as uh, microphone. So I have a really nice wireless microphone kit that I can use with it, no problem. Um, everything, yeah, worked really yeah. well. So yeah, super super. Yeah, so I used to have to carry a. I used to carry a big backpack, yeah, yeah. and I used to carry a tripod, big, tri a big and tripod. And now I I carry like a little shoulder bag that's just super small. You could so. tripod that though if you wanted to put. Yeah, it on, right. Yeah, right? you could. Yeah. Like if I was by my tripod. if I was by myself and Ryan wasn't there, I would probably like I I have like a mini tripod that I would set this up and then like record myself and. Yeah, but I have yeah. Ryan, so don't need it. Well, to Tony Rayner just said he bought the Pocket Three moments ago, so yeah. there, you, there <laughs> you go. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty cool. We talked about it a couple, oh, a couple months ago when I had Ed um, on here. Do you um at, for the memory on that? You guys were shooting a lot. Did you have to be swapping memory cards out, or how did One, you manage the? We re we re we at CES we record at 1080. Okay. Um, just because. Our, our internet, our hotel is always bad. Yeah. So we don't want to take, um, we don't want it to take forever to upload our content because CS is a show where you want to get the latest news out there. Right. So we shoot at 1080. I bought, let me see what's in here. I think I bought a 256 gig card. Oh, wait, it's not in there. Yeah, I don't remember you ever having to swap that out during no, the day. No, I never, I didn't come and close. Battery to wasn't an issue either, right? Yeah. You no, charge I have a, it up. And yeah, I have a the external battery, it was gig. great. So I don't think I would really run out. And again, we're not. Battery? Can you replace the battery in real time? If it so if the so there's a battery grip. Like I got the kit that came with the wireless microphone, the battery grip, and everything. Okay. So the normal pocket is even smaller. Like this is the size of it. I mean, this thing is tiny, right? So there's no replaceable battery in this, but this is an extra battery grip that comes with it. And I'm, I assume you can buy more of these, but we didn't really have to. But it's really easy just to put it back on, and yeah. now you have one. It gives you extra piece. battery. Yeah, it gives you, yeah. I think, double the battery or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tony's wondering if he can take that thing into the sphere. I know you went. I don't know. I've seen I've seen videos of people with their I you think know cell phones in there. So I think you'd probably. Be I able think to. it's small enough that especially if you don't have the grip, like you could put this in your pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I assume, cause I have seen videos from inside the sphere as well. Uh, I think it's for people's phones, but I assume you could. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's get back to the important thing. Uh, this <laughs> monitor do I know? Just kidding. But like, uh, I, I've always kind of dreamt of having two or three of these. You should get, across, you should get at least three, you know, sitting across the desk that they would, you know, you'd have one straight in front of you and then two coming at you from the side. Yeah. Six, ten, they, they'd be 10. Those are 
each 1080 displays, right, that are split across uh, the I don't three, know do the know? full, probably more than that. Yeah, I think they would be 1440p okay. displays. I'm not, they I'm still, not... They're like 1500 bucks, right? Yeah, still? yeah. They're still yeah. $1,500. They have a really, really nice stand that allows you to put it that mode, or you can put it in its normal mode as well, and it supports all that weight, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like all aluminum to the actual stand. So it's, it's really I nice. Just, every time you, we talk about this, I'm like, I got to get one. I got to get, you got to get at least three. I, I won't be satisfied yeah. till you have three. Like if yeah. we're going to do it, we got to go all the way and, yeah. uh, and get yeah. that done. Those are, are they, uh, you, do, you are up close. Good resolution. Are they, are they worth the, yeah, like, I mean, oh, yeah. It's it's so good too, and especially like in cases like this. That's why I like I love my forty nine inch monitor, but that one does it. Maybe you don't have as much space, and again, if you're doing streaming or podcasting, you know you have like everybody here is on the screen. I can see everybody. I can have that maybe down here in the center. I can have whatever I'm talking about. I have my notes up here. I could have social media or whatever. So essentially, like you said, it gives you three screens. You can do up to you know, and they have their. Uh, Samsung has software that comes with the monitor that you can like make all the different boxes, all the sizes that you want. So it's, it's great for productivity. It's great for like live streaming, gaming, things like that. It's uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think I could go back to not a large format size display. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I struggle. I, <laughs> I went back to work uh, uh, to a desk that just had a, ultra wide and a pretty good ultra wide and then a stand for my laptop and i was like one monitor i mean it's worth two but you're like oh one monitor that's disappointing <laughs> <laughs> you know you just get you get used to i for me i love the real estate space so yeah i, I love the, the more is better besides so besides monitors if you were to and that's not the probably the number one thing but if you were to say for you guys, the number one priority or the number one thing you saw or the thing that you got the most excited about at CES in a product category, Bob, I'll let you answer that. What do you think that it, what was I that? Mean, I, I honestly think it was the monitors. Okay. I mean, the monitors were kind of what everybody was really showing off. Right. And they had, like Ryan said, multiple sizes, multiple formats, multiple refresh rates, but they was all OLED stuff. I think for what we cover, I think that was really the big thing that was being shown really for the most part. Um, we're not really in a big time for CPU and chipset launches. We're not in a really big time for graphics card launches, um, you know, at least the big ones. And uh, all the other tech stuff is kind of waiting on everything else that would be like super exciting is kind of waiting on those next things I'd say. So, so that being said, you had an article, uh, talking about the, uh, cool. I never thought I'd see a cooler master monitor. They've been making uh, monitors for a few years now. Have they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, I, I just haven't heard of them very much. A mini led gaming monitor. I assume you got a What's mini at this point. <laughs> so the way the, uh, LED, like the way the technology works is the each individual section. Ryan and I saw this. What was it? Two, three years ago, we saw this at Nvidia, the Mini LED. Remember, we got the demo. Uh, yeah, two, a couple of years ago. Yeah. So if you're playing a game and there's an explosion over the hill and it lights up, right? On a normal monitor, 
it's it's going to be kind of in the background. It's it's that explosion is going to be the same brightness as the rest of your monitor. But on mini LED, it's individual LEDs that will light that up. So it's more immersive. It, it gives you the real effect like, oh, wow, there's this thing burning here. Or that's a bit like the demo that we saw a few years ago when this technology was brand new was showing like fire and things and how the fire is super bright, but the rest of the monitor is not um, because that, yeah, that's how that new mini led technology works. And it's, mm. if you're playing a game or have trying to, you know, even watching movies and things like that, it, it really gives you a much more immersive experience. It's very expensive. Like those monitors are very expensive. What, what, um, what's very, what is very like 5,000 or no, 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 no. But like okay. for like a 24 inch, 27 inch monitor can be in the, around a thousand dollars, which is expensive. Um, but they, again, they give you that clarity and that again, just, you know, like if you're in real life and you saw an explosion, it would catch your attention because it's so bright. Right. Mm-hmm. But on a monitor, you're, you're not going to get that, you know, yeah, the but brightness doesn't really. Pop yeah. Off, so, so to speak. again, like your screen is like the same brightness, but then when yeah. that explosion happens where that explosion is on the screen, that's going to get brighter and the rest of the monitor is not going to be it's yeah. You have to see it in person to really appreciate it. But if, if anybody has like a Best Buy or what's a what is there micro any other center? stores? Is it yeah, micro centers? Like I said, is there any other stores left? <laughs> can't say fries them? anymore. Yeah. yeah, I can't say fries, but yeah, if you have a chance and they have a mini LED gaming monitor, uh, try it out. And I assume if they're trying to sell it, they would have a demo that really explains it. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's it, it, yeah. When I saw mini LED, and I guess this is good, uh, good to know, I was thinking mini screen size oh, no, no, <laughs> as no, opposed no, no. to the technology of making very small LED, but very bright, right? I'm, yes. I'm assuming yeah. this is the controller and the control of the LEDs. They're really small, but very bright. Yeah, it's yeah. the, it's the end indiv- so on a normal display, I, again, this was explained to us and I'm, I'm not necessarily a display expert, but you, you on a mini LED, you have individual control of each one of the LEDs that are in the display and they're in patterns across the display. So you can individually brighten one part of the screen, individually dim another part of the screen, if that makes sense. We used to have like lighting zones, right? Like the more lighting zones, the better typically. And I was even at like a Chili's the other night and they've had these TVs up on their in their bar area, you know, behind the bar for years, playing sports on twenty four seven, and you could see the like burn in spots from all the lights, and you're like, oh, there's like maybe twenty four lighting zones on this monitor. Well, on these mini LED, you're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of, mm. of uh, right, just so much more yeah. finite yeah, yeah. control over the brightness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you, Bob, would you prefer in, in, I'll ask you this, Ryan, too. Would you prefer that from a gaming perspective to kind of the OLED? Or if price wasn't a consideration, would you uh, go with that? I would or? like an OLED that could do that, but they, they're <laughs> not they're not available. Um, I, I think I'm always like a large format person. I, I wouldn't want, I would want a large format display. And I think the best quality large format display you're going to get is going to be 
currently an OLED. Um, the mini LED, I, there's not a whole lot of large format because the more the larger the screen, the more LEDs they have to put in it, and it doesn't make sense. Which like a lot of those mini LED displays are like 24 inch, 27 inch, maybe 32 inch. Like there's not a whole lot of large format ones. So, Ryan, thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go the same route. I'd go OLED most likely. I like the vibrancy of the colors you get. Um, in a couple of those shots, I was playing Fortnite. Um, and if you've ever played Fortnite, it's a game with a lot of like colors. There's grass and bright textures and you know skins and things like that in there and it just looks so good on that and then you know i come home to this monitor that's not like a terrible monitor but it's not oled it doesn't look like the stuff that i just oh that'd be so mess around with in vegas yeah that's why that's why i can't go it's i can't go because i come on the checkbook out just be disappointed yeah you're like oh this looked so good a week ago and now it looks like crap Yeah. yeah 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 i just couldn't put up with it well it it's um yeah i think now if you're if you're thinking about upgrading right now i think now this is the sweet spot and it doesn't there's no talk of uh panel shortages or availability i mean it seems like all the technology they need all the components they need all the materials they need are there for the most part yeah for the most part yeah I mean, as of right now, you never know what's going to happen, obviously, no, for sure, for in sure. the future. Um, but yeah, and again, the panel prices are getting cheaper, too, um, which is great for the consumer. Um, yeah, and like I said, everybody's everybody's putting out these displays. So they, you know, that, that just means more competition. And again, yeah. more competition is usually better for the consumer. So, yeah. Is is Amazon still a viable? I mean, is if you were going to purchase a a higher end monitor, would you do it at Amazon, or are there specialty sites that where it would be better better to purchase something like that? Do you think? I think Amazon's fine. I think if you are making a serious decision about a monitor or even a TV, I would at least go into. Uh, like I said, a Best Buy or Micro Center, and if you have the chance to test it out. Um, but I think I don't know what the return policy is for the most part. But I think it's I mean it's pretty good on Amazon. They have funny. good customer service, so you feel like you're protected if something goes bad. Also, almost all of the displays from the manufacturer have like a no dead pixel within a like a year, a couple years policy so they'll completely replace the panel if you get a dead pixel or anything like that so but there's no specialty monitor uh retailers that i know of it's just like new egg amazon and then if you want to go into like i said like a best buy and um you know but like i said just just try them out if you can if you have a store in your local area where you can actually try out these high-end displays give them a spin and and like take your time like be there for like 20 25 minutes yeah. give it a spin and see if you like it i mean that's what i would say because you see videos you see youtube reviews you you know you see the manufacturer video but it, until you actually sit there and see it with your own two eyes you, you don't know what it's going to be like so i haven't looked at all but is all this technology coming does it go from the tv down to the monitor or does it go from the monitor up to the tv Sim- or is it similar it's at the same time Typically, it's the TV because, uh, again, Samsung and LG make almost all the panels you see. TCL, 
but that's more in like Asian markets, but they make the actual panels and they're going to sell more TVs and they sell monitors. Um, I remember I first saw OLED tech 15 years ago in TVs 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think it was, it, uh, yeah, probably like 15 years ago at CES uh, in a TV. And that was the big TV thing at the time. So yeah, it kind of goes down that way. Cause they're going to, like I said, they're going to sell so many more TVs than they will monitors. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> I will say though, like the refresh rate on monitors, like you see the faster refresh rate right. on monitors. We do see oh, yeah. it on some TVs for those people that want to like utilize an Xbox or a PlayStation, right. That want some of that higher refresh rate. That's the only part that I would say maybe comes from the monitor mm-hmm. side. It can, it gets put into the TV area, but yeah, TV tech is always moving okay. into TVs. Monitor. TVs on their way down. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. You guys look got in the, for the for my audience. We spend time talking about storage and memory, and that's another area. When you guys last year was that just last year we was putting a PC together? I think it was a year ago. You're in some change ago. I think is when I was buying it, or was that two years ago? I think it was just a year ago now. Or do you know? Yeah. Was it? Was that? Two I feel years? like it was like fall of 22. I don't Maybe. remember when but, I started. And so I, because you had I like the, the what you ended up with the 5600, right? Yeah. I think I yeah, made yeah, yeah. purchases in, in the, in January of 20 of 2023. So okay. a year ago. Yeah. Sounds right. Um, you guys are talking a lot about gen five that had, that was fairly new at that time. I'm imagining now all that stuff is pretty, is it pretty mainstream? Are we, what um, are we seeing, Bob? What are we seeing in that space? So all Gen 5 drives have been out. There's been a few companies, um, just like the monitors, there are a few companies that actually make the controllers and make the essentially the boards that you'll see that all the other companies use for their Gen 5 drives. So we have seen Gen 5 drives out. The problem with current Gen, Gen 5 drives is that you have to actively cool them. So you need a big heat sink. And you need an act like a fan or something to keep them cool because they do run very hot. Um, so that that makes them not as mainstream because a lot of people don't want that little fan <laughs> going in their mm-hmm. system. But for somebody who wants the fastest speeds out there, that's kind of what you have to do at the current time. We did see a ton of Gen 5 drives. Um, yep. Fizon has a new drive that runs 14 gigabytes a second. Um, mm. consistently, mm. Uh, which is very, very fast. Uh, they Their previous gen drive that came out last year that was Gen 5 or PCI Express 5, it was like 12 gigabytes a second. So they've added two, you know, two gigabytes a second to the speeds there. Uh, but I actually tested that drive. It's, it's very, very fast. Uh, we also saw a lot of USB 4. So, you know, uh, portable storage getting up really fast over three gigabytes a second on a portable drive. Uh, we saw a couple drives at CES that were, yeah, that are going to be that fast as well. You have to wait yeah. for the tech to catch up on that because a lot of motherboards don't have, and like the specs, not even, I mean, I guess the specs done, but the drivers and things you need on a lot of the boards aren't there yet to get that speed. But um, yeah, lot, lots of super fast storage, but I just don't think most people need it. Like, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people, even Gen 3 drives are plenty fast mm-hmm. for most people. Uh, if you're gaming, if you're doing other type of stuff, and even if you get into Gen 4, I mean, the fastest Gen 4 drives are going to be around 7,400 
megabytes a second, yeah. so 7.4 gigabytes yep. a second, yeah. which is yeah. very, very fast. Yeah. I mean, you really, like I said, it's going to load a game almost instantly. Like, you're not really going to have to wait um, for anything. So, I think that's what I got when the drives. Okay, hold on, Bob. So, you're saying to me, people will put up with this, these big old GPU coolers, but they, they can't have a little tiny active cooling fan on their hard drive? Is that what you're telling me? Well, the problem is, so those are those fans are probably uh, 80 millimeter fans. And on they're not, side. yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that those fans actually turn off when the when you're like, say you're not gaming, that fan will actually, those fans will actually turn off. Uh, with the NVMe SSDs with a hard drive, especially if it's your main hard drive, it's always reading and writing and being accessed. So that fan always has to spin up. And the fans that are on these little drives are, I mean, they're like, how big do you think they are, Ryan? Uh, a lot of them are five. Uh, yeah, millimeters. like five millimeters. So the small, so for those who don't know, typically the smaller the fan, uh, the louder it is because it has to run, because it has to spin faster to produce more airflow so if you get like a larger fan you run it at a slower speed but it pushes just as much air so that tiny fan has to spin super fast <laughs> and it's it is it is decently loud yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the other issues though with that that cooling is you, you showed that big gpu well some of those motherboards where they place like the fastest slot m.2 slot for those ssds is right between kind of that card and the CPU and you can run into interference with that uh, SSD hitting that card. Right. So you've got to kind of worry about some of that as well. Will that, so with gen five, will that always be a limitation? Is it always going to have to be active cooling? No, there. So all of the, like the companies who make the controller, the biggest thing is the controller. The controller is actually what's really getting hot. Um, And they're working on like, just like with all the, anytime we've had, new NVMe technology, the first round always needs to be active cooled. I'm sure a lot of people remember Samsung, their big thing. They had like the fastest NVMe drive, but if you would load it up, it would overheat and then your your speeds would just decrease because oh, uh, it would thermally throttle. Right. Um, so pretty much every time we get a new type of, of NVMe tech, it always essentially needs to be actively cooled, and then it will get to a point where it doesn't need to be. Um, but with Gen five, we're just not there yet. Okay, so for most people, Gen four, perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be platform limited as well, right? Only the newest platforms yeah, from newest AMD and Intel are going to even support that. Let me let me bring that <laughs> GPU up again. What does it mean? So it says ASUS shows off a cable free. Uh, RTX 4090. What, what what does that mean? Cable free. So this is a new change that we've been seeing with motherboards. Um, ASUS is calling theirs BTF. What is Ryan? What is uh, um... Project? Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of it. You can look it up while we're talking yeah, about. I'll but, look, I'll uh, MSI, it. MSI has one too, where typically on a motherboard, and you you did your build, um, you know that most of the connections on the motherboard are on the, the side that you're showing right there on the front side, right? So you have your power connection, you have your USB connections, all your headers. Now they're moving all of those connections to the back of the board. Mm. So on the back of the board, you'll have all of those connections and all the companies now, the case manufacturers are making cases 
that show that have the openings for all the connections to be on the back. So what Asus has done is, you know, for a graphics card, you would have power cables going into that graphics card. Now they've made their own connector on the motherboard that brings power to the card too. So that, that connector right there can do 600 Watts through it to the graphics card. So you essentially have no, like in your PC build, you look through the window at your PC, you see absolutely no cables at all. Everything's on the backside of the motherboard. The graphics card plugs right in. You have no cable. So it just looks a lot cleaner. When the higher end cards were coming out, we were worried about cables burning up, right? Mm -hmm. And connectors burning up. I'm assuming this is a more efficient way of um, doing it as well or not i i have questions about because so that that amount of power is going through the motherboard um <laughs> so when this was first this was first announced like uh six months ago or it was kind of being shown like that's the connector and that's running through the motherboard right yeah. and you already have if this is a i assume it's gonna be a high-end system i mean you can have up to, I mean, if you're overclocking a 14th gen processor, you could have over a thousand watts going through your motherboard, you know? So it's, it's something I, I haven't tested it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about all that power going through the motherboard per se. Anthony called it out. Yeah. It was MSI's Project Zero. Uh, Project Zero, right? So I don't know if you have the MSI page, Jim, or want to show it, but they show we have some images of the backside of the boards. They kind of show where all those power connections and you know fan headers and you know when you're plugging in the USB ports for your the front of your case, all of those connections are now going to be on the backside of the board so that it's just a cleaner interior of the case uh, from the viewing side of things. Um, so we had some images. If not, no big deal. But they, that's the can, what they're I calling can. it. I'm sure there's going to be a standard or some official name, right? But every company right now is just kind of calling it their own thing. Yeah, Bob, if you find it, uh, throw it in our private chat so I can bring it up. It'll it'll block you in the... I've got it right here. Yeah, Ryan, you want to throw it in there? There we go. Let me me grab this. Yeah, and that also has... We were talking about that Gen 5 storage. Some of the examples that MSI was showing to cool theirs. One of them is a big heat sink, but they actually had a liquid cooled one. It was a tiny little closed loop cooling system for their gen five drive that they were showing, which and is you, just you, wild to me. You gave me the, uh, the, yep. MSI it's, it is on that. It's on that page. Oh, is yeah, it? If scroll down? See, yeah. If you scroll down on that page, you'll see it. That was just the page title. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. So if you could, yeah, so down. there's those drives with the okay. extreme cooling <laughs> on them. Oh, I see. Yeah. That is kind of bulky. Yeah, there's those Project Zero. Okay, so let's see if we can blow those up a little bit. Yeah, so you see how all the connections are on the back? Yeah, so up at the top, you've got the black plastic there. Up here here at the top, right? Right. Now, they're not doing the pass-through on this board for GPU like Asus is doing, right? So we don't see that connector. But all the others, your SATA ports that you're seeing, the USB uh, 3 headers and RGB, all that. All of these connections are are typically on the on the other side of the board. So it's just giving it a more clean look. And I think I think that's I thought this initially was like, uh, why are we doing this? It doesn't really make any sense. But 
pretty much every case manufacturer that we talked about, all of their new cases will now support this. So I think this will become the standard. So like, if you look at those motherboards, you can see there's no real connections on the, uh, if you go to the previous image, like go there's no real front. connections on the front of those boards, no headers or anything like that. Everything's on the back now, uh, uh, which is nice. So, yeah, sorry. I was flipping around on <laughs> yeah. our audio folks don't care, but on the, if you come out to the video, you can watch it. It really, I mean, the front of the board is getting crowded, right? I mean, when, when you just think about the, if you got a massive cooler on your CPU, yeah. if you've got a massive GPU cooler, um, you know, there's some talk of some, uh, some AI chips coming for boards as well, which are, you know, are going to be, you're going to have a neural, you know, a neural processing chip here in the future that may be built into the, the chips, well, but the, it, you know, I think the big thing too, is like you said, that's, you know, once you install your CPU cooler, once you install your graphics card, it's hard to access a lot of those yeah. connections. Yeah. So now that they're on the back side of the board, the back side of the board is typically there's nothing there. Um, and it's easy for the end user to then go ahead and, you know, connect something or disconnect something a lot easier than they don't. They don't have to pull out their graphics card to disconnect the cable or right. something right. like that. Do you think in for today for the PC builder for today, better to go with a bigger case, bigger board for that room or, you know, and I know there's a movement towards micro of trying to jam as much as you can in a little, but that seems like a lot of work for a little return. I know the footprint's smaller, but Bob thoughts on, would you rather have a bigger case, bigger board, more room or get that as many as possible? I prefer, I don't like, for me, I don't like a massive, massive case, but I'm not a big fan of mini ITX just because they are so hard to work in and you, you do get limited. So like a mini ITX case, you can only do two sticks of memory you don't get as many uh, like you don't all those boards don't have as many features as a full size ATX motherboard. So for me, I like the normal size uh, cases and you do want a case that does give you some room to kind of work into, because even if you are doing like an ATX build, if you're doing it in an incredibly tiny case that like things just fit, if you're working on your system a lot, it's really going to be a pain. So I prefer a just, you know, a normal size ATX case. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, I think for someone doing you know an initial build or someone new to it, a full size tower or mid sized tower is is the best bet. I think you're very niched down when you start getting into the mini ITX and trying to f cram as much into a, a you know a loaf of bread as you can. Right. Um, they're definitely for some people, um, but like Bob said, they're so much harder to work with and frustrating, and you have to think so much more about clearances of, is my CPU cooler too tall for this build, or is my GPU too long or too wide? All those things that you don't usually have to think about in a larger case. Yeah. yeah. We're seeing in our Discord group, we go to the averageguy.tv slash Discord, uh, um, Kevin Schoonover, he loves to post the micro computers, like, you know, the, the all in one, the, like the nooks, but they, they mm -hmm. have, they've got, you know, 2.5 for the networking cards and you can make routers out of them and some of those kinds of things. We seem to be on two ends of the extreme. Like we can go super micro if we want to, to run some things, right? And even, I should say some things, I mean, even some high end Raspberry Pis can run some stuff, right? I mean, you're like, but then on the gaming side, if we want to get some CUDAs in there, if we want to 
throw some GPU stuff at it or whatever, we've got to get, you know, you got to get just that bigger space to get, to get in there and get that done. So it seems like a tale of two cities uh, Mm -hmm. between bigger gaming rigs. And maybe it's always been that way, bigger gaming rigs and really, really small. It just seems like, did you guys see many, many, uh, many setups or many all-in-ones or any of those kinds? I think, was it didn't Asus buy the Nook yeah. brand? Did you see did you see any of those? Yeah, we saw Asus's ROG Nook. Um <laughs> and cracks me up. That ROG brand is like yeah. tough, like and then oh, the, yeah. this little tiny. Yeah, little so they there. it's it's bigger than your average Nook because yeah. they, they made it powerful. Um, it can run games, it can do all that kind of stuff, but it's it's pretty small footprint. I don't know the actual overall footprint of it but it's it's definitely small it's it's basically like having a high-end laptop for the most part and when it comes to performance which is good um because a lot of people don't want to build their own system they don't want to go through that and but they also don't want a laptop right they don't want to be confined to a laptop a a lot of laptops have heating issues that they can be cumbersome they want their own keyboard and they want their own display but they again they don't want to build a tower this ROG NUC allows them to have a gaming machine in a very small form factor. This thing has Thunderbolt 4 on it. And I think, it, did it have 10 gig LAN? Um, I don't remember if it had 10 gig LAN, but it, excuse me, it, it's a 2.5 liter chassis. So very okay. small. Um, yeah. Yeah. Th- like you said, Thunderbolt 4, it's very tiny. Uh, you could do three M.2 slots, uh, Gen 4 in there. It'll hold up to a 40, RTX 4070. I nine yeah, processors. Man. It's it was pretty wild, and it's it was pretty small. And like Bob it's said, it's going to be more more powerful than it, like a gaming laptop, but just under like a gaming desktop. So uh, kind of that that middle ground there for someone that may want to throw it in their backpack and take it along with them, right? Someone that travels a lot for work but really wants to game all the time. Yeah. Well, there's there's just we we've interviewed him before, Jay, who's been on the show before. It's this way. He's mm-hmm. just a he's just a small form factor, yeah. low profile, super clean guy, and he just wants what it takes. But he wants performance, but he doesn't want to take up a ton of space. And um, I think that's a a good way. I found the link to that, by the way, that you're talking about. And uh, threw that in the chat as well. We'll include those in show notes if you want to take out that review. Okay, one more. Um, I, I want to get gadgety here. Let me find this again and bring this up. Uh, how, how many times? This is the Asus shows off its wearable smart glasses. Um, I'm assuming you got to look at these. Did you get a chance to put them on? And how many how many runs at these at glasses are we going to take? Before, I you know? I think it was cool. It it was cool because you could have like this mat like i'm a big display guy i could have this massive display do i want to wear glasses all day while i'm working yeah, probably not um i i've never and it, it took forever for me to even get a smartwatch. <laughs> so i'm like not the biggest proponent of wearable tech i think these these were cool and again you could like just like that like you have multiple displays but it's i don't like feeling dis like if you're wearing this or if you've ever done vr like you feel disconnected from everybody else around you i don't like that feeling that's just me but it looked great the quality like the clarity was good ryan you tried to mount did you not yeah you did the more like this like jim showing on the screen where it was more like productivity windows right yeah yeah. mine was with um 
they were having me try like a, a gaming, okay. a driving game. Um, I personally, I wasn't a fan. It just didn't do it for me. And I think the reason was it wasn't like VR where if you put those goggles on, there's, you know, I don't see the rest of my room. I don't see outside light coming in with these, just like wearing sunglasses. I could see everything around me and it was, it was not distracting, but it just wasn't for me. um, Unfortunately, I'm not, I've never been a fan of the wearable tech for the most part. I have really tried. I have a Oculus too, and I have really tried to make that thing work for me and even from a productivity standpoint been like you know hey are there some things i could do for i mean my what i do for gallup it's all consumer tech stuff i mean i use Streamyard, youtube i'm in spreadsheets i mean i don't do anything super difficult and i just have not been able to make that interface productive so to speak um it is a great youtube watching environment for sure i mean it it is kind of nice sometimes to just sit here, lean back, put the headset on, put on YouTube and just like you can be, you don't have to be sitting up or or you don't have distractions going on around you. Right. You can kind of set the, you can get the theater setting and do YouTube. That's kind of cool. Good sound right there. It's there, but I don't know. As we were looking at this, I just was kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> how many times are we going to make a run at this? And is yeah. it getting, any I good? think as everybody's trying to get the one that kind of, uh, catches on, I, I know that Apple's one has come. Is it, is it out yet? I think it started. Shipping. I know orders opened up just. Yeah. So I think if anybody will make a stab at it, it will be them probably. Um, but it doesn't really, and the thing is, too, is you have to think you have to wait for one to really catch on. And then there has to be good apps and integrations. And those are going to take years. Right. So as I'm always like one of those people, like I'll buy the the second generation of whichever the, the one is. Yeah. Yeah. Or third. Yeah. I have a mm-hmm. Watch four, which yeah. is working great. Did I did I hear in the watches they had to turn up like the newest Apple watch has um, VO2, a VO2 or a. Um, it's the amount of oxygen that's in your body. Uh, what do they call that? VO2 max or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. And they had to turn that off. Somebody did, hmm. did you, you guys follow that at all? Anyways. I didn't no. see that. No. Um, yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, I'm Bob. I'm with you a little bit. I, but I was, I remember Google glasses coming out and thinking, yeah. you know, oh man, we're getting close. And then you're like, oh, I don't know if we really are on these. And I'm listen, I wear glasses all the time. So it would not be a tough, I think the biggest thing is that it has to be seamless uh, integration and it has to be very well done. And I, I, I haven't used a device where I'm like, wow, this is just like completely seamless. It's like you want something that's like the movies, like, you know, like uh, what was the one with Tom Cruise? Um, Minority report. Like you want, you want that. Right. But everyone that I've ever tested. And again, I've tested a bunch of these over the years. They're just not, done well um and they're uh, it's too like again it's too distracting or it's yeah it's just not the right implementation for me Uh, what i think though is and we were talking about this before we started the podcast itself is you had the we saw samsung's uh, transparent screens right oh so that's that's where we have the ability to i where i think it will be very cool is at a sporting event 
being able to put one of those screens up in front of the whole football field, for example. And now I can show to everybody that's in the audience additional statistics and player stats and imagery that's almost floating in the middle of the air while they're still able to see the full field down below, right? Things like that where it's not a personal one because they'll figure out a way to like they do with sound, right? They can do that sound beaming and beam forming to make it sound three-dimensional from wherever you're sitting. They'll figure out a way to do that with the visuals as well. So you don't have to have something on your body itself to get that experience. Yeah. And yeah. I think that might be where it actually ends up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. The, the, I tell you what, those transparent monitors uh, or that concept, we were just talking about this last Saturday and I asked the podcast coach for podcasters, uh, running a running a camera on the backside and making those, um, you know, what do they call those? Um, teleprompter. Teleprompt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To use those instead of a teleprompt, I'd buy that tomorrow because I don't, teleprompts are like, they're always like four inches, you know, yeah. or maybe nine. And you're like, uh, and for what I do with you guys, um, you know, on a show like this, I really need a a good size. I want to see you guys, but I want to look at you too. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm lucky. Uh, I have glasses. I kind of squint anyways. And so you can have a hard time telling where I'm looking anyways with my eyes. So I kind of have an advantage there, but I'd love to have a transparent screen that sits on the back side of this. That'd become, a, and then oh yeah, maybe, maybe set the translucent on there. So most of the time it's fairly dark so that I'm getting that good experience. I've never seen one of these really working. But then for podcast, all I need, it honestly, is just a faint image of you guys and then push the, push the camera through it, right? So you yeah. kind of just have a whisper of what you're looking at. And it, it's my biggest problem podcasting is I just don't look at the camera. You know? oh, yeah, this the same way, we, need to pat, we need to patent that idea yeah. now. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine's on the corner here because I have this yeah. super ultra wide. So like I have you guys here yeah but my lens is yeah right there yeah so it's yeah and sometimes it's but then it, it's, it's so weird to just talk to the lens when you guys are here yes that's a yeah. that's a difficult thing yeah and imagine bob if you could drop the camera just behind the monitor and it would sit on a stand right there in the middle of what we're doing and it would get us so much closer yeah. again in a lot of cases it doesn't matter but that would be a great ryan to your point that'd be another great implementation of that uh, of, of kind of having a transparent screen. I, I don't know if in the future, I mean, I think there's a lot, I love your, your, your sports example, right? Be able to see through it and have things coming up. I think there's a lot of areas, uh, you know, in your car and in some of those kinds of things where that could be, that could yeah. be super. Yeah. Beneficial. I think in the future you'll see a lot. And I think the big implementations will be arenas and, and places like that. The tech is extremely expensive right now too. So you're not going to see it right away. Um, but you will eventually see it, especially like a lot of advertising things and, and, you know, your, uh, super high end stores, their windows and stuff might use this technology eventually. Yeah. Um, it was cool to see it. It it looked really good. How, how close did they let you get to it? I mean, oh, you could you, go. You could go right up, right up to, to right it. up. Yeah, right up oh, next to cool. it. Yeah, cool. but not co- really not commercially available at this point, right? These not currently. No. Okay. Yeah. Proof of concept, which is just a couple years away. You know, um, that kind of ties into the next or to the last question I want to ask you guys. 
that's a forward facing technology, not coming anytime soon. Anything else that, and I shouldn't say soon enough, but anything else that you saw not ready today, but that you were like, Oh, this could be, this could be super cool. Any forward facing things that you saw that you got excited about? I kind of knew. Yeah. I, I knew about most of the things that we weren't yeah. allowed to talk yeah. about because they had already been briefed on a lot of it. Um, I think you're just going to get faster and faster storage, right? We talked about the 14, yeah, um, thousand megabytes a second drives. Like that's ridiculous. That's in, it's so way. fast. Like nobody, yeah, nobody really needs it. I mean, I, I sure need it. There's, yeah. there's use cases. I always need it. I but, need uh, the fastest speeds possible. Yeah, that's just like think it and it's boom, it's there. Boom, yeah, it's yeah, there. Boom, it's there. Yeah. You know, we did see um, some cool AI stuff. Uh, as far as like PC related things. Um, so I'm sure, and I'm sure like a lot of your listeners, you know, they're trying to find a setting on their PC, right? With new things like uh, Microsoft's Copilot, which is going to be coming out and yep. other AI tools. We saw one from Lenovo where you can just ask it, hey, how do I, ch-? like you can just ask the question, how do I change my resolution? Or how do I do this? Or how do I do that? For like a normal PC, just an average user, those AI tools are going to be great because like, you know, every couple years, Microsoft changes where all the settings are in your PC and you can't find them anyways. I, like I said, I remember when they changed, like when windows 10 came out and they changed where all like your, your control panel was and everything. I was like, where's all these settings. And uh, yeah, having the AI tools for, for just like normal PC use and for, especially for beginners or somebody who's not on a PC a lot is going to be uh, something that I, I think is going to, be pretty cool um and you're gonna see every everything every computer related every computer you buy every full system every laptop is gonna have ai built into it now so it, it okay i love that example but here here's the drawback so you think let's use windows as an example and, and i guess it depends on how they train the model but if you you know think there's big changes that have taken place between windows 10 and windows 11 so which instruction sets does the ai get as far as how you do things and the way you get them done and will it how how often do you have to update those models with as fast as they're changing to make sure that it's getting the right instructions and you know yeah, I don't uh, know how any of that monster. stuff works. Yeah, <laughs> just, just know it's coming. Yeah, yeah no, I like just, everybody yeah. was showing us somehow some implementation of AI that they're working yeah. on. Whether it was Lenovo, we saw it at Gigabyte. We saw it from ASRock. Uh, ASUS had some stuff as well, and it's every every manufacturer of a la- especially laptops. Uh, they're all going to have some type of AI help, like helper. Like you remember Clippy, the little, little oh, yeah. paper clip. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to have their AI, little AI assistant, and you can ask anything, and it's going to help you. So, right. but the good thing is, is that with AI getting better, they are going to get better. Because Ryan and I talked about this. Like you know, you do have a search bar on you know in Windows, but it's pretty crap. But the stuff that we saw that they were showing us, like the AI stuff, it worked really well, and it. Maybe they knew the questions to ask it, yeah, right? For sure, um, for sure. It was know, for sure a loaded it seemed, question. It yeah. seems pretty intuitive, and it's you know the when you're searching on your PC, there it's like a set amount of things. This is like a learning model and all of that. So I I, I like it. We'll see. Uh, 
how it kind of hashes out over the next couple of years, but you're, you'll see a lot of AI stuff. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I believe you. I just, I've watched some of the AI, you know, it's only as good as what you train it on. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you've got ever changing. Someone said, you know, what if we put all of MSDN, you know, the Microsoft subscription stuff, Oof. all that learning stuff into an AI model. And then I was like, guys, there's a good chunk of that. That's wrong now. Like yeah. a lot of that code doesn't work anymore. And yeah. so if you're training an AI model on code that doesn't, isn't appropriate or doesn't work or isn't, isn't secure, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, for history and for some of those things AI can do now, you think, okay, it's pretty safe. We're not asking it to do anything important. I just think we're getting to that point where it's going to get more and more important and, the language model is going to be harder. The models are going to be harder to, yeah, to, yeah. to feed, right? Because it's, yeah. and God, as fast as Windows is changing, I mean, you're like, oh, it'd be How's wrong it most up? days. <laughs> it would be wrong. Yeah, it'd be wrong yeah. most days. Um, yeah. Tony threw out in the chat, back to the the watch uh, feature, the, the, uh, the uh, Apple Watch, the Pulse Ox, you know, that's that when you go to the doctor and they put that clippy thing on your finger and it measures the oxygen, the amount of the percent of of, uh, of oxygen in your bloodstream. Um, apparently, uh, there was a company that infringed on uh, Massimo's technology that's been in the field for a long time. We've had those those sensors for a while, so I imagine. And then and that's um, a, that's they, an Apple that's an Apple thing. This they were required somebody else's yeah. technology, <laughs> yeah, except yeah. they didn't get to keep it this time. <laughs> they yeah. said, you, you got to shut that thing off. Which is too bad because uh, pulse ox on your wrist is actually not a really bad thing. We have, uh, I did a show about this, um, uh, some technology health gadgets uh, uh, that we have. And we actually have that at the kitchen table. And I bought it during COVID because one of the COVID um, symptoms was you'd have low oxygen, right? So I thought, well, might as well, you know, early in the pandemic when we thought we were all going to die. We're all dying. So yeah. I bought one of those. Now we have contests at the table. To see <laughs> who's got the best. <laughs> exactly. Sarah had been struggling with her blood pressure. So we bought a blood pressure cuff and now we do contests on my Tim, one of my sons, he comes over. That's the first thing he does is grab the blood pressure thing, put it on, <laughs> turn it on and check his blood pressure. So some of those things can be uh, can be beneficial as well. Um, oh, and then Tony says, "Yeah, they have a value of six point five billion. So I guess they have a little bit of money to <laughs> fight Apple with." Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan, did I did I get did I ask you anything you saw that? Uh, I mean, or- not so much future facing necessarily. I it did trigger something in my head when you mentioned Lenovo again, or we were talking about it was they had um, what's their, is it the magic bar on their laptops? Oh, yeah, that was really cool. So yeah. they, this is available now, um, but it's kind of like a modular option for some of their laptops. So at the top, there's a little um, Pogo connections is what we call them. Little spring loaded connectors, about seven or 10 on there and some magnetic mounting options. So you could place like a really nice webcam and speaker setup on there and it just connects does its thing kind of like USB does you plug, you know, USB in, except there's no cables with this. It just snaps on and you get a better webcam or we saw a secondary display, right? So now you've got two screens and it's holding it on there or maybe um, an external SSD that can snap on there or uh, all sorts of different accessory options um, that I thought was kind of cool. Just adding modularity to your, 
system without the mess of extra cables and things like that. So um, that was kind of cool. I think not the, uh, yeah, this is, here. yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. You guys, Stuff on your site's really easy to find, by the way. Thinkcomputers.org. You guys do a nice job. It is actually super easy to, I mean, you can see on the show, I'm finding this stuff in real time. It's not like uh, we had this this week. Typically, I have you guys on. We get a few links. We have some ideas of where we're going to go. And I was like, no, we're just going to start talking about CES. I'm just going to find the links as we go. And with the exception of one, I think I've I've, kind of found them all. But I think there was a modular PC company. This was a couple years ago where they made a run. And I think it was more internal than it was external. But this idea of being able to buy, you know, you buy the shell and then you can kind of upgrade as you go. Um, uh, But this is, we're showing, I'm assuming this is a second monitor as well. Yeah. And it's all magnetic. So there's no cable. So if you, if you're somebody, a lot of people who, who travel a lot. Ryan even brought one to CES. He has an external monitor for his laptop. You have to deal with the cables. You have to deal with all that stuff. But with this, you just snap it onto the back of the laptop. And they had a webcam that was there. They had an SSD. They have... Uh, oh, yeah. wow. So storage, you could run Yeah, you could just snap a storage. Or... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's USB, I think, 3.2 storage. Oh, so. Wow. Uh, yeah, like a like an SSD you can throw on there. Little AI. Uh, yeah, they screen. had like an AI person uh, on there. But there's just different things that they're messing with. But my favorite was the display because one, that's where you want a display when you have a portable display. You want it on top. You don't want it on the side yeah. uh, of a laptop, at least in my opinion. Um, and it just snaps in, turns on, and you're good to go yeah. no no wires don't have to power like the laptops powering the screen so it's it's really cool technology um and it's be interesting to see what el- other things they come up with because they only had like three or four different things if they had you know it's kind of endless because the connection is over usb so i mean that's everything we use is usb so there's a lot right. of different things right. you could plug in there so well, you need to have the proprietary magnetic strip and connectors, right? right. For yeah. each one of those built into it. Um, you know, this was kind of the dream of the Surface connector uh, on the Microsoft Surface, right? It was yeah. a, kind of one connector to rule them all that would have some things in it. All we ever got was power out of it. Power, yeah. <laughs> you know, never really, never really panned out, but maybe they'll... I think too, it's so hard to to do this. It's so hard to do this. It has to do with the technology as well and the speed because like a lot of devices need, uh, you know, a lot of those older connectors were uh, a lot of them were actually Thunderbolt two. a lot of the older ones that like this, I've seen these iterations in the past and like, that's just not fast enough. So having like USB 3.2 gen two is definitely fast enough. And all of these devices you know, they all use USB anyways. Um, so it just makes sense for a lot of it. So yeah. like I said, we'll see what they come out with, but I, yeah, I really liked it. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, no, it looks cool. Those were, uh, that's a situation traveling. I don't travel much at this point. I may come back again, but that would be an ideal in the bag, in a case, sit down, yep. set it up, snap it right on and you're you're yeah you, know, you have a second business. monitor and you can be productive or you can be watching a movie or do you remember the specs uh, on that monitor on that second is monitor? it 1080p monitor yeah. okay yeah yeah 
No, that's super cool. Gents, thanks for uh thanks for going out and sacrificing yourself on the uh on the do it every year. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh on this I look forward to it and then halfway through the week I'm always like, Why why do we do this again? Oh, your feet hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, Ryan was Ryan was sick at the end, and oh, yeah. it's, does does um does Vegas smell to you? Like when you're there, does yeah. it smell kind of? There was always one spot on a corner. That yeah, every year like would smell. It smells like sewage, and this year we didn't yeah. notice it, so that was an improvement. Yeah. But I don't ever yeah. notice. Like I mean, unless you you know now it's like you know marijuana is legal out there, and even though you're not supposed to do it publicly, no, no, you I catch that like, every now and then. But stink yeah. smell, nah. I, I always uh, thought Vegas smelled a little bit. That was just my. It probably does. We're just uh, used to it, and <laughs> like, does. and we're always just just going. Like, we're just worried yeah. about making yeah, it to the next right meeting on. on time. That yeah. we're not really, yeah, noticing. But but that that one corner that Ryan was talking, you'd always notice that you're like, what smells like sewage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just yeah. they just got the sewer too close to the street at that point. Yeah. 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 Oof. You know. Mm-hmm. Oof. There. At the yeah. co- it's at the convention center, right? Is that like it's one of the corners? Is that no? It's no. between right at Caesars. It's it's at Caesars actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's a trip. I I've every year I think maybe I go back just for you know old times' sake, maybe a couple yeah. days, not do the whole thing, and then I'm like no. I think if you if you don't like so we're in meetings all week. I yeah. think it would be really enjoyable to kind of just go and do whatever you know but we have our set meetings and we have all this content to push out so it's like we don't i mean it is enjoyable and it's really cool to see all the tech but it's not like we're like we don't really get to enjoy it per se if that makes sense yeah i think you could you could do something where you do a a couple live podcasts out there jim you know because you meet up meet up with aaron out there meet up with us and do some stuff right I did it. I saw that she was out there for, you know, on some of her content, but, uh, she does a bang up job. Yep. Yeah. She does a bang up job while she's out there. Yeah. We, and we did in the years I went out there, we did some live podcasting. Mm -hmm. It was a ton of fun. It was hard to do. Like we had no connectivity in those (laughs) days. Like you weren't getting, you had to go back to the hotel room and then you were still lucky if you had anything decent. Yeah. Because everybody's there. It's just so congested. Yeah, we did some live stuff. I'd have to go back. It's 2013, 2014, something like that. I'd have to go back and watch those again and just wonder how terrible is the video. One, I mean, we didn't have the equipment. I mean, think Bob, you think about the 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 device you have, right? And like, this this can this can live stream. Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I thought about picking one of those up just using it as my webcam uh, yeah. on, on a fairly regular basis because it's, and then just take it with you when you're, you know, put, yeah. put a little stand here for it and then just take it. I don't do enough of that content to justify it. And, and, but uh, yeah, I thought about it. Yeah. I'd be interested to go back and look at the quality of those videos from those days and be like, Oh my God, people <laughs> watch this stuff. Yeah. Like what was, Funny. what were we thinking anyways? Can you guys hang tight for a second while I close sure. things up? All right. Mm-hmm. Let me do that real fast. Uh, of course, I mentioned the Discord group. Well, one, if you want to check out all these reviews, head out to the show notes, theaverageguy.tv slash HGG598 for this episode. We're getting dangerously close to 600. And um, I'll have all the links for all the stuff we talked about. Plus, if you just want to go out to thinkcomputers.org, it's like I said, it's a super easy site to manage. 
it's well done, Bob. You do, Bob. You do a great job on your reviews of being very consistent. You have like here it is. This is what it is. Each review based on whether it's a case or a board or a keyboard or a mouse or whatever, you give some very very consistent measurements on that. And I'm assuming you do that so people can do fair comparisons, right? Yeah, and we just we we kind of have a standard. We we're not just going to tell you what it looks like. We're going to test it and we're yeah. going to give you all the details. So yeah, best reviews. And I think I also feel like you guys aren't a hundred percent just mainstream, like on the boards or, or cases you get, a, you get a good variety of them. So if you're looking for kind of maybe not the most popular case, but an off case, so to speak, you yeah, we try to find some it. stuff too. That's like, you know, the big, a big case brand will be a little bit more expensive. Then we try to find one that's similar for yeah. like, you know, 30, $50 cheaper or something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, it's the variety is great there. So check it out. That should be bookmarked. You should go out there often. Thinkcomputers.org, all one word. Uh, we want to thank Christian for, of course, his support uh, here at the average guy.tv. We talked a little bit about it last week, but uh, check it out. Secure, reliable, high speed hosting. If you need a site, he can do just about anything. Plans still start at 10 bucks a month. Listen, you can't even get a hamburger for $10 a month. <laughs> so check it out today, maplegrovepartners.com. And if you want to leave a message, you got a comment uh, for the show, uh, head out to homegadgetgeeks.com and get that done. We are live just about every Thursday. You guys are live on Wednesdays, 7.30-ish. Is it consistent? Is Yeah. It- Pretty consistent unless we have something going on or one of us is sick or something. 7.30 Central, right? Uh, Yes. Is that right? And then what's the best? Where's the best place to go if I could want to come and watch the video of you guys live on Wednesdays? Uh, Probably just YouTube. Uh, We have just just search Think Computers, all one word on YouTube. You'll find us. Um, We do all of our live podcasts there, but we have all of our other content. And we have a full uh playlist on youtube of all of our podcast episodes as well so you can check it all out there yeah yeah another thing if you need uh, and it's a it's available as downloads as podcasts as well although i find when i have you guys on and when i watch your show i i i don't subscribe to it as a podcast because i want to watch it the video that's, yeah, I think, yeah, ours is, sense, I think. Yeah. just like with you, we do ours live and then you know we show stuff on the screen and it's a very yeah. visual podcast we we would like most people to watch the video, but obviously, you know, a lot of people that's their morning commute or whatever it may yeah. be. So we do yeah. try to be pretty, you know, descriptive as we're talking about things, but the best experience is the the video for sure. Just just turn on adaptive cruise and the lane control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch the video. It'll be fun. You'll be yeah. absolutely no, don't do that. Jim <laughs> said I'd be fine. <laughs> I do not want to get sued. Do not do that. You should not be watching it. But uh, you know what? Listen, there's some time in the evening. Just don't watch Seinfeld reruns and come over and watch Bob and Ryan. We, but we are live here every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.com. Live. For those of you, Tony, Brian, I saw Ken a little bit earlier. Uh, Joe is checking in. Thanks for coming out live. And with that, say goodbye, everybody.